Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. I'm so excited that you've tuned into Soul H2O Radio for this Christmas episode. Today we're talking about the spirit of Christmas. You know, that sometimes elusive feeling we're all looking for at this festive season. The emotion Hallmark movies exist to produce. If the words, it just doesn't feel like Christmas, have ever graced the tip of your tongue, then this show's for you. Maybe it's time you asked yourself, what really is the spirit of Christmas? What do you want it to be all about? And what does God want Christmas to be all about for you? Some say it lies in the candles, but in my heart I believe Wasn't that song, The Spirit of Christmas, sung by my buddy Kevin Paul's great? It echoes a question a lot of people have at the Christmas season. Where is the true spirit of Christmas? Where can you find that elusive feeling of Christmas? Well, Don Somerville, the writer of The Spirit of Christmas, gives lots of suggestions in the words of this song. As I think about it, I see how we try to find it in our decorations, the weather, carols, cantatas, presents, and parties. Kevin and I grew up at a church that put on these elaborate Christmas plays called cantatas that helped you get into the spirit of Christmas. We were both always involved. I was never a part of the music, but acting and then in narrating, along with a then-famous radio announcer, Franklin Cooper from Hamilton, Ontario. But from an early age, Kevin was on the stage singing at the Christmas cantatas, I'm sure these presentations helped to seed the thoughts for his Christmas variety show. And just as much as singing the Christmas cantatas put you in this festive frame of mind, I felt that Christmas awe all over when I've been at Kevin's Spirit of Christmas events and he sings, Mary Did You Know. Kev can bring goosebumps with his rendition of that song, Mary Did You Know, so powerful. And then there's my girl, Mariah Carey. I love her first Christmas album. I actually don't think I can rap Christmas gifts without having her music playing in the background. I can whoop it up at Christmas cheer as good as the girl next to you. But the truth of our hearts echo the words of the song and our thoughts about the Christmas spirit when it says, but whatever it is, I wish it would stay. The frenzy of feelings that are aroused at Christmas seems so elusive. If you can catch them, they seem difficult to contain impossible to sustain. I wish the feeling of Christmas would stay. The spirit of Christmas song ends with these words. A few say it lay in a manger. They say heaven met earth that night. I know this may sound even stranger, but in my heart, I believe they're right. So I think the song helps point us in the right direction. Maybe the reality is that we're not really looking for the spirit of Christmas in the truest sense of the word spirit. Maybe we're looking for the feeling of Christmas because the spirit of our celebration is Jesus. As believers, his spirit lives inside of you. So it's not something that you have to find. It's in you. The question you're really asking, the pursuit of holiday cheer is searching for a feeling. And that, my friend, is dangerous. Feelings are fickle. You can't trust them. They'll lead you astray. I've followed them down the wrong path many a time and lived to regret it. 
been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the tattoo. Well, not the tattoo because I really don't like pain. But I do understand the folly of following after my feelings. What if you weren't looking for a Hallmark Christmas movie feel-good feeling this Christmas? What if, instead of following your feelings, you became like the shepherds and the wise men and followed the star? Oh, how different your Christmas would be. How much better your life would be if your every heart's pursuit was Jesus. If you were to push back the feelings and follow the star to that Bethlehem manger, what would you find? Or more importantly, who would you find? Without all the pomp and circumstance, in the same simplicity of that original Christmas night, you would find the Jesus promised long before he came. Isaiah 7 verse 14 prophesied, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Matthew, the gospel writer and disciple of Jesus, echoed these words in his gospel. He records the words of the angel Gabriel speaking to Joseph, confirming that Mary wasn't a wild teenage girl who'd been messing around on him, but God's girl, chosen to mother the Messiah. Matthew repeats the verse in Isaiah when Gabriel says to Joseph, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus isn't like the Christmas warm fuzzies that might be raging in your emotions today, or maybe not. Jesus isn't just a warm fuzzy, but he can be that too. Jesus isn't like the lover on a honeymoon lavishing his affection only to leave you brokenhearted and broke. Jesus doesn't leave. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Sometimes our human condition may make us a little calloused in sensing God's presence. Other times the issues of life build a barrier to sensing his closeness. But no matter what we feel, he's there. He's Emmanuel. During my second year of Bible college, I went through almost a full year of not feeling God's presence at all. It was a really difficult time for me. To be honest, it kind of freaked me out and put my faith on shaky ground. I've grown up in a charismatic background, so by that point in my life, I'd experienced God in powerful ways. I'd experienced physical healing, seen God do great things in my life and in the lives of the people all around me. I'd even felt God's spirit cursing through my being, filling my mouth with words to say things that I'd never planned out. And if you want to hear about that story, you can check it out in episode two. I had felt God before, but the feelings had died. I remember one time going up to the front of the church to pray. We used to call that place in the church the altar, and I think it's a great mental connection if we let it be. The altar in the Old Testament is the place where the priest brought what the people wanted sacrifice to God. And that day, I was bringing the sacrifice of my praise, my worship. I was giving myself all over to God again, feelings or not. It's the same place we find ourselves in at some point during a marriage relationship or a business partnership. The warm fuzzies are gone at some point. You might even be frustrated or mad at the person, and you're left with a choice. Will you choose to follow through on your commitment to the relationship or back out? I know in marriage that if you stick it out with a heart to continue in love, when the feelings aren't there to support the decision, the feelings come back, and even stronger if you make room for them. Like I said before, feelings are fickle. 
You can't trust them. They'll lead you astray if you let them. As I went through this Sahara Desert dry time in my faith journey during college, I pushed back the emotional relationship, this experiential relationship that I had with God into a deeper, more confident faith that has stayed with me through the devastation of divorce and gives me strength to help loved ones deal with depression and even walk through a bout of it on my own. The feelings can come and go, but a wise person knows not to base their every decision on emotion. You'll hear and listen to Kevin's new Christmas release, a song called The Reason, written by another of his friends. The one line in this song keeps playing over and over in my head, and it says, Oh, what a glorious time of the year. I feel your presence everywhere. There is no other time in the year when you can hear people talking about Jesus like it's normal. Sadly, that's not a common thing here in Canada. But at Christmas, you find music in the malls or on the radio pumping out the message of our Messiah's birth. Malls may be the source of a lot of Christmas angst, but if you don't let the hustle and bustle of the season steer your emotions, but instead focus your attention to what's playing in the background, it may help you to steer your gaze back towards the star, back to Jesus. Two chapters after the verse where Isaiah prophesies about the Messiah being Emmanuel, God with us, another prophetic portion of scripture that tells about the coming king is recorded. Isaiah was speaking to the people who were not living in the fields. Life was tough for them. Many had given up hope. Isaiah's words brought comfort to a hurting people back then, and I'm hoping that it's going to do the same for you. In the portion of Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah tells of a time where there will be no more gloom for those who are living in distress. Doesn't that sound good? Too many times Christmas stirs up emotions and getting together with family members that might cause some people to gloom, to feel a little distress. Isaiah shares how in the past it was tough for the people, but in the future, God turns things around. He tells how God will make good on his promises. In verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah was talking about the star above Bethlehem, that people were going to see the light of Christ, and they followed the star. It goes on to say that for those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah goes on to explain what God was going to do for his people using words like enlarge, increase, and joy. This promised one was going to bring joy. Joy through the peace he would bring. And then he says the words we hear each Christmas and need to let sink deep into our hearts. Because too often when you hear something repetitively, it becomes second nature and you don't really think about it. But think about it today. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was going to come and bring joy through peace. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 is a story about the shepherds and how they came to hear about Jesus. 
It says that they were in the fields and they were staying out there. They were watching their sheep and it was night. It was dark when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears before them and they are so afraid. But the angel says to them, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Does this sound familiar? Does it sound anything to you like Isaiah chapter nine, verse six? The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. This good news wasn't just for the shepherds. It wasn't just for the people of that time. This good news, it's for today. And that's why we're here on Joy Radio. And we're talking about the good news of Jesus that goes beyond a feeling and brings true peace. The shepherds were then told to go to Bethlehem, where it said, that there was a savior born to you who is Christ the Lord. He's the Messiah. And then this will be a sign for you by which you'll recognize him. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I'm sure if the angel didn't tell them to look for a baby in a manger in a stall, they would never have found him there. They would never have expected that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords would be born and placed in a manger. It says that suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts and other translations. It says there was an angelic army praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those to whom God's favor rests. The shepherds returned glorifying God. They were praising him as they walked and they just were in awe of what God had done. Joy was brought to them through the peace found in Jesus. Their situations hadn't yet changed. Nothing was different, but Jesus brought peace to a difficult time. This Christmas, if you found yourself searching for the spirit of Christmas, looking for a feeling, why not change your focus and pursue Jesus, the light of the world? When you think of winter, you think of cups of cocoa, trips to the Caribbean, or long naps by the fireplace. With My Joy Radio app, you can enjoy everything you love about winter while staying tuned to everything you need. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered to your smartphone or download them ahead for offline listening. Be uplifted while discovering what winter has to offer. My Joy Radio app, available now. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. To fill up your bucket and soak in a lot more scripture to help you establish peace over a fleeting spirit of Christmas, let me guide you through the Prince of Peace's teaching on the subject. I've already mentioned it, but Isaiah 9 verse 6 is the opening scripture that teaches how Jesus is peace. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now when we think of peace, we think of our modern day definitions of this word peace. 
And Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines peace as a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from civil disturbances, a state of security or order within a community provided by laws or customs. And the one that kind of hits home here is the freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. You know, the original word in Isaiah 9 verse 6 goes even beyond this freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. The original languages use the word shalom, and that means so much more than peace. Shalom means safe, well, happy, friendly, welfare, health, prosperity, and peace. So before Jesus went to the cross, he talked a lot about peace, this shalom with his disciples. And Jesus spent a good amount of time trying to prepare his disciples for the time when he would be gone, right before he was to walk the road of the cross, die for our sins, and then go back to heaven. Jesus tried to build up confidence in his disciples to face life without his physical presence there to guide them. And when I think about this, I really feel that we should listen carefully to Jesus' words here, because we've never had the privilege of Jesus visibly, physically being near us. I do believe that you can experience God's presence, and I have, but I've never seen Jesus with my eyes. And unless he visits you in a dream or a vision, you're never going to see him living in this day. We don't visibly see Jesus. So when Jesus is preparing the disciples to function in a time when he's not living next door, he's really preparing you and me to minister life when he's not here on earth in the flesh. In John 14, verses 23 to 27, it's this great portion of scripture where Jesus gives one of these pep talks to his disciples. And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And then he says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, I leave you. The Holy Spirit is the peace that Jesus leaves us. And Jesus says, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus ensured the disciples that they could have peace because he was sending the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks more about this in John chapter 15. In verses 26 to 27, he says, When the Advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he'll testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And then after his death and resurrection, Jesus talks with his disciples again about this peace thing. In John chapter 20, verses 19 to 22, it records when Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus says to them, he says, peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see how key the Holy Spirit coming is to peace in your life? You see, Jesus was assuring the disciples that they didn't need him to be present on earth to have peace. They needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught that it was the presence of the Holy Spirit that would be the storehouse for his peace placed right inside of you when you receive Christ as Lord of your life. It's through the Holy Spirit in you that peace is accessed through his power. Luke says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you're still not sure that Jesus was meaning the Holy Spirit is power that brings peace, let me show you another verse that talks about this. Paul shows us how, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have peace since his power defeats everything that opposes peace. And the greatest of these oppositions is fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 confirms that the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. In other translations, it says the spirit of God does not give us fear, but power, love, and sound mind. It's the power that Acts 1 verse 8 is talking about, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. If you want to fight the feeling of fear this Christmas and walk in the peace that Christ provides, you need to follow through on Jesus' tough stuff instructions that you heard in another verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Push through and trust God. You have to keep your mind steadfast, and that means that you have to keep your mind stuck on Him and not your circumstances. If you do, you'll experience that peace on earth and be able to show goodwill towards people. You will move past the longing to find that elusive spirit of Christmas and experience the Prince of Peace. My challenge to you this Christmas season is to not let your hearts be troubled from Jesus' teaching in John 14, 27. Don't let the pursuit of that perfect gift, the stress of finances or relational issues, steal your joy this Christmas. Focus your thoughts on Jesus. Remember how that baby in the manger became the conquering king on the cross. Trust him to be your peace. Let me pray with you. God, I ask that your presence would bring peace to hearts this Christmas as people look to you, the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.